Chapter Twenty Five of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter Twenty Five. Beginning of the Twenty Four Hours i can tell still how the whole of the glen was engaged about the hour of noon on the fourth of august month a day to be among the last forgotten by any of us though it began as quietly as a roaring march at the spittle between which and thrums this is a halfway house were gathered two hundred men in kilts and many gentry from the neighbouring glens to celebrate the earl's marriage which was to take place on the morrow and thither too had gone many of my pupils to gather gossip at which girls of six are trustier hands than boys of twelve. Those of us, however, who were neither children nor of gentle blood, remained at home, the farmers more taken up with the want of rain, now become a calamity, than with an old man's wedding, and their womenfolk wringing their hands for rain also, yet finding time to marvel at the marriages taking place at the spittle instead of in England, of which the ignorant spoke vaguely as an estate of the bride's for my own part i could talk of the disastrous drought with waster lunny as i walked over his parched fields but i had not such cause as he to brood upon it by day and night the ins and outs of the earl's marriage were for discussing at a tea-table where there were women to help one to conclusions rather than for the reflections of a solitary dominie who had seen neither bride nor bridegroom so it must be confessed that when i might have been regarding the sky moodily or at the spittle where a free table that day invited all i was sitting in the schoolhouse heeling my left boot on which i have always been a little hard i made small speed not through lack of craft but because one can no more drive in tackets properly than take cities unless he gives his whole mind to it and half of mine was at the Eildlichmanns since our meeting six months earlier on the hill i had not seen gavin but i had heard much of him and of a kind to trouble me i saw nothing queer about mr dishart was waster lunny's frequent story till i hearkened to elspeth speaking about it to the lasses for i'm the last man elspeth would tell anything to though i'm her man and sign i minded i had been noticing it for months elspeth says he would go on for he could no more forbear quoting his wife than complaining of her that the minister'll listen to you nowadays with his een glaring at you as if he had a perfectly passionate interest in what you were telling him though it may be only about a hen with a croup and then after all he has not heard a syllab hi i listened to elspeth saying that when she thought i was at the byre and yet would you believe it when i says to her after lousen time i've been noticing of late that the minister loses what a body tells him all she answers is havers tod put a woman's provoking i allow burst said that on the first sabbath of the june month and again on the third sabbath he poured out the word grandly but i've time note this current sabbath that he's no michty magnificent he's michty poor there's something damming up his mind and when he gets by it he's a roaring water but when he doesna he's a despisable trickle the folk thinks it's a woman that's getting in his way but dinna tell me that about sich a scholar i tell you he would gang o'er a toon o women like a loaded cart o'er new-laid stones wearyworld hobbled after me up the roods one day pelting me with remarks though i was doing my best to get away from him even rob dow sees there's something come over a minister he bawled for rob's foo ilka sabbath now ay but this i will say for mr dishart that he aye gies me a civil word 
i thought i had left the policeman behind with this but next minute he roared and whatever is the matter with him it has made him kindlier to me than ever he must have taken the short cut through lunan's close for at the top of the roods his voice again made up on me they gone you for a cruel pack to put your fingers to your lugs ilk a time i open my mouth as for waster lunny's daughter easy who got her schooling free for redding up the schoolhouse and breaking my furniture she would never have been off the gossip about the minister for she was her mother in miniature with a tongue that ran like a pump after the pans are full not for use but for the mere pleasure of spilling on that awful fourth of august i not only had all this confused talk in my head but reason for jumping my mind between it and the egyptian as if to catch them together unawares and i was like one who with the mechanism of a watch jumbled in his hand could set it going if he had the art of the gypsy i knew nothing save what i had seen that night yet what more was there to learn i was aware that she loved gavin and that he loved her a moment had shown it to me now with the odd leaks i have the smith's acquaintance with his irons and so i could not believe that they would suffer their minister to marry a vagrant had it not been for this knowledge which made me fearful for margaret i would have done nothing to keep these two young people apart some to whom i have said this maintain that the egyptian turned my head at our first meeting such an argument is not perhaps worth controverting i admit that even now i straighten under the fire of a bright eye as a pensioner may salute when he sees a young officer in the shooting season should i chance to be leaning over my dyke while english sportsmen pass as is usually the case if i have seen them approaching i remember naught of them save that they call me she and in their greetings with whatever which waster lunny takes to be a southern mode of speech but their ladies dwell pleasantly in my memory from their engaging faces to the pretty crumpled thing dangling on their arms that is a hat or a basket i am seldom sure which the egyptian's beauty therefore was a gladsome sight to me and none the less so that i had come upon it as unexpectedly as some men step into a bog had she been alone when i met her i cannot deny that i would have been content to look on her face without carrying what was inside it but she was with her lover and that lover was gavin and so her face was to me as little for admiring as this glen in a thunderstorm when i know that some fellow-creature is lost in the hills if however it was no quick liking for the gypsy that almost tempted me to leave these two lovers to each other what was it it was the warning of my own life adam dishart had torn my arm from margaret's and i had not recovered the wrench in eighteen years rather than act his part between these two i felt tempted to tell them deplorable as the result may be if you who are a minister marry this vagabond it will still be more deplorable if you do not but there was margaret to consider and at thought of her i cursed the egyptian aloud what could i do to keep gavin and the woman apart i could tell him the secret of his mother's life would that be sufficient it would if he loved margaret as i did not doubt pity for her would make him undergo any torture rather than she should suffer again but to divulge our old connection would entail her discovery of me and i questioned if even the saving of gavin could destroy the bitterness of that i might appeal to the egyptian i might tell her even what i shuddered to tell him she cared for him i was sure well enough to have the courage to give him up but where was i to find her were she and gavin meeting still perhaps the change which had come over the little minister meant that they had parted yet what i had heard him say to her on the hill warned me not to trust in any such solution of the trouble boys play at casting a humming-top into the midst of others on the ground 
and if well aimed it scatters them prettily i seem to be playing such a game with my thoughts for each new one sent the others here and there and so what could i do in the end but fling my tops aside and return to the healing of my boot i was thus engaged when the sudden waking of the glen into life took me to my window there is seldom silence up here for if the wind be not sweeping the heather the coherity that i may not have heard for days seems to have crept nearer to the schoolhouse in the night and if both wind and water be out of earshot there is the crack of a gun or wasterlunny shepherd is on a stone near at hand whistling or a lamb is scrambling through a fence and kicking foolishly with its hind legs these sounds i am unaware of until they stop when i look up such a stillness was broken now by music from my window i saw a string of people walking rapidly down the glen and waster lunny crossing his potato field to meet them remembering that though i was in my stocking soles the ground was dry i hastened to join the farmer for i liked to miss nothing i saw a curious sight in front of the little procession coming down the glen road and so much more impressive than his satellites that they may be put out of mind as merely ploughmen and the like following a show was a highlander that i knew to be lachlan campbell one of the pipers engaged to lend music to the earl's marriage he had the name of a thrawn man when sober but pretty at the pipes at both times and he came marching down the glen blowing gloriously as if he had the clan of campbell at his heels i know no man who is so capable on occasion of looking like twenty as a highland piper and never have i seen a face in such a blaze of passion as was lachlan campbell's that day his following were keeping out of his reach jumping back every time he turned round to shake his fist in the direction of the spittle while this magnificent man was yet some yards from us i saw waster lunny who had been in the middle of the road to ask questions fall back in fear and not being a fighting man myself i jumped the dyke lachlan gave me a look that sent me farther into the field and strutted past shrieking defiance through his pipes until i lost him and his followers in a bend of the road that's a terrifying spectacle i heard waster lunny say when the music had become but a distant squeal you're bonny as lupin dyke stomany when there is a wild bull in front o you now nah, i cannot tell what has happened but at least lachlan maun hide dirk the earl thy loons cried out to me as they guide by that he has been blown away at their tune till he canna halt what a wind's in the crater i'm thinking there's a hell in ilka highlandman take care then waster lunny that you dinna leaked it said an angry voice that made us jump though it was only duncan the farmer's shepherd who spoke i had forgotten you was a highlandman yoursel duncan waster lunny said nervously but elspeth who had come to us unnoticed ordered the shepherd to return to the hillside which he did haughtily how oh, did you no lay hand on that blast o wind lachlan campbell asked elspeth of her husband in spirit hip what happened at the spittle a quarrel for a marriage brings ill luck i'm thinking said the farmer that rintoul's making his ain ill luck by marrying on a young leddy a man's never o'er old to marry said elspeth no nor a woman rejoined waster lunny when she gets the chance but elspeth i believe i can guess what has fired that fearsome piper depend upon it somebody has been speaking disrespectful about the critter's ancestors his ancestors exclaimed elspeth i'm thinking mine could i bought them had a crown a dozen hoots said the farmer you're a, a weaving stock and dinna understand about ancestors take a stick to a highland lally and it's no him you hurt but his ancestors likewise it's his ancestors that stains you for it when duncan stalked away the now what think you he saw 
he saw a farmer's wife daring to order about his ancestors and if that's the way with a shepherd what will it be with a piper that has the kilts on him a day to mind him of his ancestors ilka time he looks down elspeth retired to discuss the probable disturbance at the spittle with her family giving waster lunny the opportunity of saying to me impressively man man it has never crossed you that it's queer thing the like o' you and me having no ancestors ay we had them in a manner o' speaking no doubt but there's completely lost sicht of us a flagging lid that's fallen ahint the dresser hecht sirs but they would need a gale robin to get the rust off them now i've been thinking that if i was to get my laddies to say the grandfather's name a current times ilka day like the catechism and they were to do the same with their bairns and it was continued in future generations we meet to raise the fell field ancestors in time ay but elspeth would not hear it nothing angers her mair than to hear me speaking o' plantin trees for the benefit o them that's to be farmers hereafter me and as for ancestors she would hawk them up as quick as i could plant them losh dominie is that a boat in your hand to my mortification i saw that i had run out of the schoolhouse with the boot on my hand as if it were a glove and back i went straight away blaming myself for a man wanting in dignity but it was a minor trouble this however even at the time and to recall it later in the day was to look back on happiness for though i did not know it yet lachlan's plane raised the curtain on the great act of gavin's life and the twenty-four hours had begun to which all i have told as yet is no more than the prologue End of chapter twenty five